listeners, and welcome to the latest edition of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. Here we are in season three, and for every episode to date, I've been joined by the lovely and wonderful Joshua Whiskey Cherub Hatton, aka the Whiskey Whippet. AKA Whiskey Influenza, which is a new Instagram handle for me because I had two Instagrams and I changed my second one to Whiskey Influenza. Well, dear listeners, please search him out there and give him the recognition that he deserves for being on the social medias. Mm-hmm. Each time we come together in Extra Extra, we bring a news article to the attention of the other, often whiskey focused. And we read it in the first half, we riff on it in the second half, and we try to get out of here in a tight 35. And I think we've been doing quite well with that, Joshua. We have been okay. By which I mean pretty good. So I have forced your hand this episode where I said, we've got, we've got the article. It's in the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bringing it to your attention. I haven't even told you what it is. I have no idea. I assume it's whiskey Oh, this is related, lovely. Like you promised. This but... is like the old days. Is this a Playboy article? Like you bought the issue, and but it was just for the article? I found it in a bush next to a railway siding. <laughs> and, I th- and you were the first person I thought of. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, well, let's, let's hear it now. <laughs> so, so our digital article comes from the Spirits Business. It was published February 11. Not to give too much away, but you and I are recording February 11. Look at that. And the article is entitled, Scotch Whiskey Exports Rise 19% in 2021. I know that in the early parts of New Year's, you and I enjoy chit-chatting about the year that has been. And I saw this and I thought, this is the type of thing you and I enjoy chit-chatting about. I look forward to it. Every year. It's always interesting. All the time. So this comes to us via Nicola Carruthers. Hmm. As I say, the title is Scotch Whiskey Exports Rise 19% in 2021. And we begin. Exports of Scotch Whiskey returned to growth last year with a double-digit increase, but failed to reach pre-pandemic levels. This is something you and I pay attention to constantly, talk about constantly, living in the time of COVID, living with the global supply chain. How is it shaking out for the big players across the industry? New figures from the Scotch Whiskey Association, SWA, revealed the category's exports rose by 19% to £4.51 billion, $6.1 billion last year. In 2020, Scotch exports hit their lowest levels in a decade. And I remember we covered that story on an episode of Extra Extra. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, Scotch exports hit their lowest levels in a decade because of the pandemic and US-imposed tariffs. The SWA said Scotch exports remained 8% lower on 2019 levels when the category's value reached £4.91 billion, $6.3 billion. 
the number of 700 mil bottles exported in 2021 grew by 13%, equal to 1.38 billion bottles. Huh. Okay. I, I do... I do. <laughs> I wonder if some of that increase of 700 milliliter bottles or 70 CL bottles has anything to do with um, them now being able to export that bottle size to the U.S. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I have that same kind of frustration of, are you just using 700 mils to cover the entire industry? Mm. Are you rolling 750 mil bottles into that 700 mil number. Are they taking 750s and making equivalent, um, you know, equivocating, equivalizing? I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean, right? Right. Yeah. Equivocating is, is what you're after. Thank you. Back to the article. SWA Chief Executive Mark Kent, who took over the role from Karen Betts last month. Oh, look at that. We spent a whole COVID quoting Karen Betts. Yeah. And now here we are. Mark Kent is our new person. So Mark Kent says, the global footprint of the industry in 2021 is a clear sign that the Scotch whiskey industry is on the road to recovery. Mm -hmm. The quote continues, value and volume are both up as consumers return to bars and restaurants, people return to travel and tourism, and we all return to a degree of normality after a period of enormous uncertainty for consumers and business. End quote. Hmm. What has been interesting about that quote is over the last two weeks, we've seen Pernod Ricard put out their numbers mm -hmm for the the first half of 2021, I mm, assume. Yeah. And Diageo put out their numbers, and they both talked about, A, the rise of the premium category, mm -hmm. but also the return of on-premise. Yes, yeah, which is right. As you're reading this, the sales of Scotch whiskey going up is is one thing, right? That's wonderful to see. But hearing this talk of a general return to normality, even even if it's in baby steps, is really nice to hear. Yep. The article continues. <laughs> the double-digit growth was driven by Asia-Pacific and Latin America. There you go. Up 21% and 71% respectively. So wow. Asia Pacific increased 21%, Latin America increased 71%. Wow, that's huge for Latin America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I first saw that number and thought, is that a typo? Has someone switched, a, switched digits on that one? But they then follow up on it, so I know it is real. Mm -hmm. The SWA also noted strong growth in key emerging markets for Scotch, including India, up 42.9% in value, mm. China, up by 84.9% in value, wow. and Brazil, which exported 82 million bottles, an increase of 
80.5%. Holy cow. Do you remember, not, not to go too deep into this while we're still reading the article, but do you remember all the talk about the BRIC countries, the B-R-I-C countries five years ago, 10 years ago? Yeah. Like the BRIC countries are going to be where money gets made and it never quite took off, never quite took off. Aside from Russia, three of the BRIC countries have just been named there. What does BRIC stand for again? Brazil, Russia, India, China. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so aside from Russia, boom, you, this is, now we're in the BIC. We're in the BIC countries. Oh, or the KIB. Trademark pending. Oh. <clears throat> Controversial. <laughs> in the US, the category's largest market by value, exports grew by 8% despite the first quarter of 2021 being affected by the 25% tariff on single malt scotch, mm -hmm. the SWA said. The US tariff on single malts was suspended for five years in June 2021, mm -hmm. which we also covered yes, on an did. episode of Extra Extra. It was very important. Exports to the EU also increased by 8% in 2021. So you're dealing with all that Brexit fallout, wow. pandemic living, and you managed to increase 8%, the same as the United States. I've got some queries. I've got some questions, but I'm going to hold on to them. Okay. Don't forget them, though. No, 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 no. I won't. So we, we move into the closing part of this article, but it has its own little quoted subheadline: No time for complacency. Oh, I like that. So there you go. I like that. foreshadowing. Yeah. Kent, our good friend Mark Kent, added, Scotch whiskey growth in global markets means more jobs and investment across Scotland and the UK supply chain. The quote continues, The industry has continued to invest in its production sites, tourist attractions and workforce to ensure that Scotch whiskey remains at the heart of a dynamic international spirits market and attracts new consumers around the world. The quote continues, but this is no time for complacency. Mm. The industry continues to face global challenges, including ongoing trade disruption, growing supply chain costs, and inflationary pressures. And undoubtedly, there is some road to run before exports return to pre-pandemic levels. End quote. Mm. He called on the UK and Scottish governments to help the sector recover through quote-unquote global opportunities, such as the UK-India trade talks, parity in the alcohol duty system, and more investment in sustainability. And the article concludes on this. Last year, the UK government pledged £11.3 million, approximately $15.15 million, US dollars, to support four distillery sustainability projects as part of the second phase of its green fund. And I actually clicked through because the link 
that article at the end of it, mm-hmm. and I, I previously had clicked through on that, and it talks about Arbicky getting money oh, there. Yeah, yeah. It talks about Glengarry getting money there. Hmm, that's interesting. Right? It also talks about the Cornish Geothermal Rum Distillery. So it's what I'm saying is it's well worth clicking through on that. But what it also made me think of was the other week there was an announcement about Kilholman receiving twenty two million pounds in funding. And what Kilholman were going to put that towards. You mentioning Kilholman reminds me that I've got a uh, an Instagram live chat on February twenty third. It's going to feature Anthony Wills, and one of the mm. things that I was going to be asking him is twenty two million for investment in the distillery. Like, wh- what's going on there? What are you going to do? Oh, with fantastic! That? Right, because they just expanded their distillery. They have a new mm-hmm. visitor center, so that's a lot of money for them to be playing with. So it'll be interesting to get a bit more detail on that. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, yes. huh. so that brought that up. That'll be on the Impex Bev Instagram page. February 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. And these are U.S. times, by the way, for our over-the-seas listeners. Boom. I will be there. It will be in my my diary. For those eagle-eared listeners who know I mentioned three of the four sustainability projects, <coughs> Brookladdy. That, that was an eagle. Brookladdy. Brookladdy was the fourth. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, you know what? I, I like that. I like seeing a couple Isla distilleries being the recipient of some of that, of some of that money. So that's cool, right? Yeah. So there we go. So that gets us out of here for the first half. That is a reading and a, and a few comments along the way. Let's take just the shortest of short breaks, and we'll be right back with a bit of riffing. I know you've got some questions that you were ready to run with. Mm-hmm. So pause for a moment or two. And we'll come right back. We are all waiting (laughs) eagerly for your questions, comments, and or thoughts, Joshua. So question number one, can you read (laughs) back to me some of the the numbers that Mm -hmm. uh, that the article mentioned where it said, you know, Brazil experienced this increase, Mm -hmm. China, right? Can you read that back Mm -hmm. to me? So the SWA also noted strong growth in key emerging markets for Scotch, including India, up by 42.9% in value. China up by 84.9% in value, and Brazil, which exported 82 million bottles, an increase of 80.5%. And how many bottles was that? 8 million? Uh, This was quoted as 82 million. 82 million bottles. (laughs) Okay. The, The reason why I wanted to get these numbers is that's big. Right, Eight, let, let's just really quickly eighty-two million uh, divided by twelve, right? Because they they say they're um, twelve bottle cases. 
That is almost seven million cases, seven million extra cases to Brazil in 2021 over 2020. Now they don't list out the number of bottles, extra bottles going to India, or the extra bottles going to China, but those numbers are huge. And stepping mm-hmm. back and listening to this this story, um, you know, big picture, they're saying the increase for 2021 over 2020 was 19%. For the category writ large. For the category writ large. Yeah, exports. Exports global writ large. 19%. So it sounds as if there are other markets that continue to struggle, that that the Scotch whiskey industry has likely seen a downturn in, and what they've done is, okay, things aren't working so well over here. Where else can we go? And, and I wonder, you know, I, I, always, I often wonder how stuff like that is, is strategized, right? I remember years mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. and we would hear about uh, price, increase, price increases and cash scarcity because X amount of product was going to China. And then China put certain rules slash laws into mm-hmm. place that eliminated mm-hmm. gifting, and that made a yep. bit more availability for Scotland. And, okay, where are we going to put it now? And then all of a sudden, we had access to more casks as, in, as independent bottlers. And so while all of this is really positive to hear, I, I really do like it, it does make me wonder what markets aren't seeing this return, right? right. The, the industry is seeing a return to normality, but it's not doing it through traditional avenues. It, it's, it's seeking new places, these brick countries. So I, I would almost argue that it's really not a, a return to normality. In fact, I would suggest that these numbers are going to be big now, but the I think what's happening is they're filling the pipes, right? And by, by which I mean, you know, for, mm-hmm. I know you understand that term, but for those mm-hmm. that are listening don't understand this term, you make a deal with the country to buy X number of cases of whiskey. And they say, okay, we're going to purchase it. We're going to start distributing it. We'll put it on retail shelves. Now that has to come off of retail shelves. Now it has to go through bottle, through bottle, through bottle on bar shelves, on restaurant menus and so on and i wonder if in 2023 when we look at 2022 numbers if we see continued growth through these brick countries or if those within the industry have to look at ways to rebuild some of the more traditional markets that haven't been as easy to do so well the other aspect for me is value and volume Mm. which you and i have talked about on Mm -hmm. previous episodes and you've got Mark Kent, new SWA chief, saying value and volume are both up as consumers return to bars and restaurants, people return to travel and tourism, and we all return to a degree of normality after a period of enormous, uh, enormous uncertainty. But you could, as a producer, increase your case price and you could then yeah. see an increase in exports in the the prices attached to exports. And that to me is where both volume and value are important. 
Are you sending out, are you exporting more physical bottles than you did last year or two years ago or mm. five years ago? Or are you selling more expensive stuff? And that's why even during the reading of this, talking about Pernod Ricard and Diageo and others reporting an uptick in their premium brands, those premium brands mm -hmm. then get to do some heavy lifting for you when it comes to these total exports numbers, when it's just a value attached to it. And so as much as we're talking about this many bottles and that many bottles and bottles over here, I'm really curious what's in those bottles. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, let, let's think about the markets, right? I mean, you've got India that has traditionally been a blend market. Yeah, exactly. Um, Latin America, very much so uh, with blends too, right? I mean, Buchanan's mm -hmm. is the leading mm -hmm. blend within Latin America, and they've got a 12-year and an 18-year, and they may have other age-stateds and some non-age-stateds, but it does make you wonder, are they, is Buchanan's just doing that much better? Are they creating other lines, more affordable lines, right? Because 84 million bottles, an increase of 84 million bottles from one year over the next, seven million cases, is a monstrous amount of liquid. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I, I wish there were more detail in this to, to really... And that's, that's always it, right? Yeah. Is the, you know, how much of this are cheapest chips blends? How many, how much of this is 81 year old Macallan? <laughs> Clearly, there's only 288 bottles of 81 year old Zombie Macallan. Macallan. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but, but it is, right? It's, it's how do you present those numbers? And in, in a few episodes of One Nation Under Whiskey, we'll be speaking with Ewan Morgan of Diageo mm -hmm. and speaking with him about what he's seeing within the US market mm -hmm. and what types of products are doing well for themselves. And clearly Johnny Walker, you know, you know, a, a rampant Diageo brand, but also fits within today's article where they're talking about money's being invested in tourism and places to visit and bring your tourism pounds. And I think about these newly opening Johnny Walker visitor centers yeah, in Edinburgh and on Isla, mm -hmm. right? This industry needs tourists. Well, first of all, it needs whiskey consumers to be purchasing the bottles in their own countries and putting them into their own homes. Mm -hmm. But then they also need them to be traveling partly for travel retail expressions, which have completely bottomed out completely. during COVID yeah. for yeah. obvious reasons, yeah. but then also to come into Scotland, to come to these visitor mm -hmm. centres, to come to these, I'm going to use the term tourist trap, but I don't mean it in the pejorative, right? A tourist landing spot. But then to pay for hotels, to pay for taxis, to go to pubs, to pay for beers, to pay for dinners, yeah. right? It, 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 you can see the way in which Scotch drives the Scottish economy. And as we start to lose elements of that through this COVID living, it has this huge knock-on effect. Mm -hmm. So 
seeing bottles going out to markets is the beginning of then delivering them to consumers to then get consumers coming back to Scotland. That so. is such a smart way to look at it. And we've, we, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, make your head too big here, but <laughs> you know, we we talk about this sometime with our own bottlings, where where every bottle is potentially turned someone into a brand ambassador and potentially mm-hmm. turned someone mm-hmm. into someone who wants to get more involved, right? I'll be pretty honest with you. Until I got into Scotch whiskey myself, I didn't have a strong desire to visit Scotland. Of course, I, you know, I always wanted to visit the various countries within the UK. But once I fell in love with Scotch whiskey, then I, I like there was a calling. And what a great thing to have 84 million more bottles in Latin America mm-hmm. as a potential mm-hmm. calling to, to a tourist. And, and, and if these bottles are filling pipes, that's okay. That's, that's year over year of potentially turning the casual drinker into a more obsessive drinker, into someone who wants to take his or her family to Scotland a trip that's cool well and, and i think it's also that talk of kind of the aspirational qualities of whiskey drinking mm-hmm. and so on, on one hand when i hear about the increase in the premium segment i of course never think i'm occupying the premium segment because i'm not spending a hundred thousand pounds or dollars on, on a bottle of whiskey however I am in the single cask cask strength end of this, and that's premium. And so, if really <laughs> right, is. and so if and so if we're moving consumers from a, a, a an entry point that is a cheaper blend, even into a slightly more expensive blend, mm-hmm. or then into a single malt, you know, I I might have to get over my issues with the p word and and start to embrace oh gosh I, i'm not sure i can complete that sentence but it's always to the p word with you jason you know <laughs> I, I think if it almost if it wasn't uh if it didn't have the word premiumization attached to it like that's just a bit of a wanky word mm-hmm. but but if, it, if but aspirational I, I can really get behind and moving the consumer along the spectrum and, and it's certainly something you and I have 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 talked about with industry folk for the you know the the, the full five seasons of one nation under whiskey which is what concerns do you have what are you keeping an eye on is this a bubble that's bursting and and then gosh I, i've quoted this so many times since we had the conversation but but Stuart Aaron at bespoken where he talked about you know the number of consumers that exist mm. and and to think about those consumers who only now post covid pandemic are even getting into blends and starting their journey in this category, it could be really exciting to bring them along and keep showing them new aspects, sliding that scale along the spectrum. So as much as on one hand, and I think this is kind of how you and I have made our way in this industry for for a decade, is when we see this article, we're talking about 
4.51 billion pounds in exports. Mm -hmm. But A, behind that number, there are significant details to Mm -hmm. be parsed out. Mm -hmm. But also behind that number, there are people to be found yeah. and engaged yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you know and, and I you know I'd hate for us to lose sight of that and I think partly this conversation that we're having here is reinforcing the existence of people I know I'm as guilty as anybody I do use the word consumer I think of people who would consume our selections yeah. purchase yeah. our selections yeah. but we are still talking about people and we are talking about raising a passion within those people. So the numbers are great. We're seeing a growth. But if there's more people, boy, that's an exciting thing. I don't know if I could add anything to that, Jason. Are you going to get us out here in a tight 30? I think you helped me get us out of here on a tight 30. Let's see what happens. Let's see what it may be 30, 31, but we shall see. (laughs) Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pack up my mic and go home then. So you are home. Let me just say for for the dear <laughs> listeners, this is the office. Once I leave this door and go down the stairs, oh, then that's I'm right. home. You're in your office room. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't use the R word. So for for all listeners, if you would like to reach out, if, if a story piques your interest and you'd like to see it covered in extra extra, we, we may or may not. I know we've had a couple of people write in and we haven't covered their story please don't be offended but if you would like to reach out questions at one nation under also drop a note to info at singlecastnation.com if you feel so inclined we do love hearing from you i do love the fact that people tune into extra extra and they get just a little bite of the news mm. uh, from us and and we do try to we do try to offer up factual takes. We're, we're not here for the, the misinformation dollars, no. even though that's a hell of a market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you keep talking and we may go over that 30, 31 minute slot. So shall we, shall we bid you Joshua, Jason? If I can't make a lie review, then what have I really achieved this day? <laughs> Son of a bitch. A Jew times two. A Jew times two. That's two juice. Peace out.